Christ Talk Tuesday night, and I'm Donald Wayne. I'm Dennis Lee. Well, I got the last part of that. <laughs> I got Lee, but I didn't get the Dennis. Uh, what happened to the Dennis? In when what? Are, are you messing with me? Are you messing with me? Is that working? <laughs> Can you, you know, hear me now? Can you hear me? You'd hate to hear the sound of an ambulance in the background because I've had a coronary <laughs> over all this. Well, we don't need all that. Jeez. Podbean's pushing the envelope, though. Yeah, well, all they're doing is putting more dirt on on the pile. That's all I can say. <laughs> I mean, come on, people. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Bezos went into space today. Yet I can't, I can't connect to somebody that's five, six miles away from me. I mean, come on. <laughs> what the hell? What kind of world we live in? in? Yeah. Jeez. Did you see that launch uh, this morning? That's pretty neat. I didn't see the launch. I, I saw the I saw the uh, the landing in the news conference and stuff, but no, I didn't see the launch. That that I'm yeah. I'm sure that was amazing, and it's it's funny that it's in uh, uh, in uh, oh gosh, where's that place in Texas now? I know it very well. I can I, I can remember the name again. Van Horn. It was in Van Horn. Van wasn't Horn. It? Okay. Yeah. I mean that that's like the arm never heard armpit. of it. You never heard of it. That's that's uh, where uh Interstate 20 and Interstate 10 intersect. Not intersect, oh. but intersect. And uh Oh, wow. And that's probably the only claim to fame that Van Horn has up till now. I guess uh Bezos has a a Obviously, a launch pad and uh, a facility set up out there. I don't know. Maybe uh, they'll probably be changing the name of that town. It sounds like some kind of Confederate general or something. Uh, Van Horn. Uh, well, it, 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 I don't know. It could be a Texas Ranger or somebody like that. Of course, we found uh, out. They'll still few, change that name. Yeah, they, we found out a couple of months ago that uh, Rangers are racist. So, well, for some reason, I guess because of Indian issues in Texas or. But yeah, it's well, now, uh, well, now they're they're Native Americans, Donald Wayne. I don't, 
can't just what? go randomly calling people Indians. That's yeah. There's no. That's uh. That's a racist racial slur as well. Indians is racial. Yeah. Hmm. Well, how could they be Native Americans when you know <laughs> we didn't name it America until until the white colonists came over? <laughs> But yeah, it would really it'd have to be their native to whatever they called this place before we got here. So I don't know. Well, That's a good since, question, Donald. Blair. Since since there were probably hundreds, if not thousands, of individual tribes, you know, uh, they probably didn't have a name for the continent itself. So maybe a native Pangean, you know, before it all started splitting apart there. Actually, I don't know. I, I was probably incorrect about that about uh, us naming it America. I'm, I think it was uh, was it Ponce de Leon or DeSoto or somebody that came over and called it the Americas or something like that. Right, right. And it's it's been a long time since I've been in a history class, but uh, well, you know, it's they, not. They run those things all the time on cable, so <laughs> yeah, but. None of them. They're they're all tainted now. They're all tainted. Um. Yeah, but it, it was. I mean, you know, he got. There was a lot of people criticizing that today, actually, on social media, about him spending all that money to do that little. I don't know. His what, money, he can do with that yeah. the hell he wants with it. Oh, that's true. I mean, that's that's actually I, somebody. Somebody tweeted that, and I responded to that, uh, agreeing with him. And it, it is his money, and, and you know we can't support uh, uh, capitalism on one hand, and then right. criticize a guy because he spends money he makes. Well, right. It's like um, you know Britney Spears. If she wants to take control of her money and blow it all on cocaine and strippers, and that's what she has the right to do. You have the right uh, to succeed and fail. Um, well, she's free she's, America. So. She's interested in strippers. Well, I don't know. You know, people say a lot of things. <laughs> no, I mean, she just wants her money, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's his money. He should be able to do what he wants. He thank the people who uh, work for him and for the people who buy, you know, from Amazon.com and, uh, for allowing him to be able to do that. I mean, but, well, he, he did think, uh, he did thank his employees and all the people in America that he, he said, y'all are the ones that made this possible. It was your money that let us do this. Right. So, right. Um, so you know, mean, what's the problem? I'm, I'm personally not real keen on the guy. Uh, he's the same one that was back when they were doing that uh, voting a few months ago about uh, whether or not they should be able to unionize. Now, it may have only been in the state of Alabama. I'm not quite sure. But uh, he wasn't wanting to allow mail-in votes for that uh, particular election. And uh, yet he supports or has reportedly supported mail-in ballots for political elections in the country. So he, um, but I, you know, I don't know the guy and probably never will meet him. So I don't really care what he does with his money. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really uh, support Amazon anyway, so no, no he's I mean, not I, he's I, not I, getting my money. <laughs> no, I, 
I'll get a few things from there, but you know, it's out of convenience. I get, care less about his politics. I, I will say that I do believe that probably this privatization, privatization, privatization of, oh. of, of the space program is going to be the saving grace for, for exploring space because, you know, somebody said something about uh, how much money he spent and, and the fact that the government wasn't doing anything. Well, you know, when you're private industry, you, you try to do what you can to save money. The federal government, well, now, they don't care how much money they spend on, on a program. Well, well, well NASA is, you know, NASA did kick in some money to him, you know, to get this stuff going. So he did technically get a little bit of money from the government because NASA I, is a government organization. So I didn't, um, I didn't did see get, that in the reports that he got money from. Well, NASA. I'll, I'll have to dig that up somewhere. I'll get our team of researchers on that, but he was awarded a contract um, by now. It may not be for this flight, but he was awarded a contract by NASA to produce. Uh, rockets or vehicles i think it was vehicles that will be riding around on the moon with so um yeah he's not going at it alone maybe on this one venture but he's been awarded a contract by nasa to do some work on some vehicles for further exploration of space so yeah well and plus, you know, uh, I, I'm sure you probably saw the story, but the 18-year-old boy, which he doesn't look 18, I hate to tell him, he looks fairly adultish for an 18-year-old, but um, I well, think they, he's they, you know, from Sweden or Norway or somewhere over there. But I think, Nor- I think Norway, yeah. He Danish. Paid tw- Danish. Danish. Yeah, paid $28 million for him to take that ride. Well, now his daddy paid twenty eight million dollars. Well, yeah, I don't think he had that kind of cash laying around. I'm sure yeah. he does uh, some yeah. kind of you know holding for him. If daddy's got that money, he's got that money, probably. <laughs> well, well, I guess I don't know um, how the Danish do it. That the Danish, I like yeah. a good Danish every once in a while. Yeah, with a good cup of coffee. Yeah, a little Joe. But uh, I don't um, know who's going to serve me, but I you know whoever. Who, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I did catch the last. Uh, I, I turned it off after. Uh, I thought it was kind of odd that he turned the end of the ceremony for this thing into um, into a uh, promotion to give money to um, that CNN guy Van Jones. And uh, then it, I didn't see the celebrity chef Jose Andres got one hundred million dollars. I, I, yeah, I didn't watch all that so, uh, uh, for them to give to the charities of their choice. But yeah. you know, I I was never a big fan of Van Jones when I would see him on CNN. But you know, he may be a nice guy. And he may be doing a lot of charitable work. So hopefully, he'll put that money to good use. Uh, I don't know yeah. who the chef is, Jose Andres. Uh, but that could open a lot Never of restaurants of for a hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, sure can. But I just thought that was kind of an odd, odd moment to do that at the end of that, uh, at that flight, I guess just because he had the cameras there. Oh, you hey, got hey, the, there you, you go. Know, hey, what, oh, the hell is that? <laughs> I, Fly? I, 
I had a visitor. Well, it was it could yeah, have been geez. a precursor to a fly. I'm not sure. Mm. A larva? Um, <laughs> well, no, it's well, flying. <laughs> he, he had the world stage there, so I imagine he was going to, you know, he's the richest man in the world. I guess he can do what he wants to do. I don't know. Yeah. Boy, his brother's sitting in tall cotton there, too, isn't he? Uh, had his, bro- um, his brother was on the flight with him, and uh, a lot uh, of people criticized him, uh, Jeff, for his cowboy hat. I, you know, so why was he wearing a they cowboy hat? Why would criticize him for that? I don't know. You know, if they don't because, like you, you know, for some reason in this country, you know, if, if you wear the wrong colored shirt or if you, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just. Well, you know, I remember, you know, people being judgmental growing up, but. I swear, um, this country is the most judgmental I've I've ever seen it. Yeah, I could really give a rat's ass what anybody thinks about me. So, uh, well, that's that's obvious, but <laughs> <laughs> you get older, those things just don't matter as much. Well, that's I know. I saw a T-shirt advertised. Uh, you know, all these little uh, flash ups, uh, pop-ups you get, you know, whenever you want to do anything on the internet. And I saw a t-shirt that said something, uh, to the effect, I'm too old to care. So be careful. <laughs> oh yeah. So, you know, just don't push me. Cause I, that's right. I'm too old to care. Um, jeez. I see that on there a lot. Oh, I learned today or tonight, I guess. Uh, they had some expert on uh, Tucker Carlson talking about uh, okay uh, they were talking about keywords that you could uh, type in to the internet that would put you on some kind of list a watch list in this country and if you put anything on there about, uh, uh, let's see, what was it? What's the purpose of Black Lives Matter? I think, I think that was the question he said that you could be put on a watch list in this country for uh, a terrorist watch list. What? Yeah, because you know they consider that if you're questioning something like that, that you're you have motives. Well, I, I turned over, turned over. Well, I wasn't laying down, but I mean, I was. I looked over at my wife and said, <laughs> said uh, "Well, I'm in trouble because I think I'd, I've done that." Now, you know, when I was trying to figure out what what the purpose of Black Lives Matter was and the organization and and uh, a little history about some of the founding people so I, I think that question's already out of the barn for me so no telling but if you question it you're a terrorist well you could possibly be a terrorist in other words they put you on a, a watch list in case you know something happens huh. very interesting uh sorry oh, we need to talk already. to you uh, we saw that you uh, had a uh, inquiry on the internet about uh, Black Lives Matter. Okay, well, you know, I hope hope you saw all those other inquiries I had on there too. <laughs> Jeez, um, you know, you can milk anything with tits. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. So, so you just be careful is, what you search for. Yeah. 
different world we're living in these days. It is. Well, I think it's because people want an excuse to get you for something. They want you to mess up so they can come after you for something, especially if you're conservative leaning or Republican, because, you know, the more that they can knock out of the out of the field, you know, for whatever cause they want to raise, that's one less voter they have to worry about. I don't know. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You have to be careful on the things that we say and how we phrase our questions now. There you go. Get out. Just get. What in the hell? Okay. Obviously, I'm not what? fast enough to get the creature. Oh, does it have wings, Donald Wayne? Yes, it does. It's flying yeah. on my. Uh, it, I mean, it's uh, it's a speck, but it's flying. Oh. A flying speck. Huh. Flying speck. You need to get you one of those um, electrified tennis rackets that we have there. Uh, you know, oh, I had, one. I had one. I had one of those. That's fun to use too. Fun for the yeah. whole family, actually. Yeah, every time uh, you hit something, right. you hear this little electrical charge, and it's. Uh, but sometimes they stick to the tennis racket, and it's not fun to clean. You ever had that problem? Yes. Yes. Anyway, yeah, I, I, all in all, I think that was a pretty neat thing that they were able to do. The Blue Origin. Uh, the windows were huge on that capsule. Did you notice that? I mean, it's it's oh, bigger were, than yeah, well, bigger than windows on a on a jet airliner. So well, yeah, they uh, want they want people to be able to see. You know, um, yeah. If you blow that sucker, I mean, million dollars, I better be able to see all kinds of. <laughs> It'll suck you and your your chair and everything else out of the window. Well, that if you watch goes. them getting into the capsule. There's a trim around the door, and every time they touched it, it was wobbling. And I'm like, man, that's a oh, really no. poor construction. I think I'd be concerned. Well, it ends up that that was just like a uh, a gasket they used, and they took that off. That was just for them to be able to get in and out. Oh, just so, keep them from hurting themselves. I guess. Um, I don't know how, because it's pretty loose. Um, well... Yeah, I, I think it was a neat thing, and I, I could care less what he spends his money on, you know? So, yeah. more power to him, and who knows? Of course, somebody asked a stupid question. Well, I don't know if it's a stupid question, but they said, so how long do you think it'll take before the price of the tickets come down for, you know, regular people to be able to go into space? Well, <laughs> uh, a while, folks, a while, you know? Uh, they're going to have to, I don't know. I guess they would almost have to have a, you know, a, a capsule that would carry enough people in there that you could, you know, spread the cost around. But, uh, I, I don't, I don't think the average person is going to, uh, be able to afford a flight anytime soon. Of course, I want yeah. them to, I want them to work all the kinks out, you know, not that I'll probably be around when that becomes a big thing, but I would still want them to work all the kinks out before they uh, uh, started doing mass mass transit. But can you imagine just uh, going to the moon in one of those things? 
No, no, I, I couldn't imagine. What it'd be a hell of a view out those big windows. Um, I know. Well, they were spending their time flipping and turning around, and then I finally saw one of them say, "You know, wave, come over here, <laughs> look." I'd be looking out the window the entire time. I think I would too. Uh, I would, you know, I obviously want to experience weightlessness, but I'd be, <laughs> yeah, I'd be staring out the window and taking videos and all kinds of stuff. So it's amazing <laughs> times, amazing times we live in. Yeah, they'll be, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be landing on Mars before. Yeah, I think we'll be able to. So we'll definitely be able to see them land on the moon, and we may be able to see them land on Mars. Um, before. I think they were saying today something like maybe five or six years, and they they expect to be able to to go to the moon. So, well, um, and that, yeah, that's not very far away. So, no, uh, and uh, that'll that'll be interesting. But you know, Elon Musk he wants to get to the Mar he wants to get to Mars in a hurry. So, I just don't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know. What if you got there and you couldn't get back and then, you know, your little capsule, your spaceship wouldn't take off? I mean, you know, you're you're basically it's over. Well, um, you'd have to have a contingency plan. You'd have to be able to, you know, you'd have to be able to survive. They'd have to have a plan where you could survive long enough for them to get a rescue mission out there to you. Or did the you, cost would be too great and they'd be like, eh. Yeah, well, one person. Uh, that was kind of the way it was with that movie. Did you see the one with Matt Damon when he was stranded on? They left him on yeah, Mars. I, I'm not a Matt Damon fan, but yeah, I, I actually like that movie. Yeah, yeah, that he survived because he had the plants and everything, and right, and uh, and of course the crew thought about not going back and getting him. <laughs> so right, but uh, yeah, that was yeah, that was a good movie. But I would not want to be the one stranded on Mars. No, no. I don't want to be stranded. I don't want to be stranded in downtown Atlanta. Okay. No. All right. So uh, our friend BP, remember BP? Even though we haven't done a, do. a live live show in a couple of weeks, uh, yeah. he's he's still hanging in there with us on the email. Bless his heart. So uh, he sent another suggestion or actually i think it was more for information than anything but he, he sent an email talking about this um i guess it's, i don't know what to call it a tv network a tv channel it's called vice tv i don't know have you ever heard of that uh, yeah i've heard of it yeah oh you've heard of vice tv all right well you're ahead uh, of me yeah. um i don't know that i still have it i probably don't have it up here um, but anyway, there's, he, he sent it and saying that they've done a feature or they've done several features on QAnon that might, we might find interesting. And, uh, I, I went, I got maybe 15 minutes into one of them and it was about these two, uh, I guess they, you would call them, uh, Oh gosh, short film, short filmmakers, or not not that they're short, but they make short films. I don't know how to phrase that where it sounds okay. right, but yeah. <laughs> so they they go out and uh, he 
the the guy of the team, it's a man and a woman. The guy of the team actually had a friend that, that was a musician that lived in, in um, I think it was Tampa, Florida. And uh, he knew that he was involved with QAnon. So they go out there and the story kind of starts there. And they're talking to him about he got how he got interested in QAnon and and so forth. And that's as, about as deep as I got into it. But the guy, uh, the musician, was a, a a supporter of Bernie Bernie Sanders back uh, 2016 when uh, Hillary was running against Donald Trump. And when uh, Bernie Sanders got kicked out of the running by uh, Hillary, then he started. Uh, paying attention to Donald Trump. He said mainly because Donald Trump was, you know, anti big government. You know, he was, he was going to go, he wanted to go to Washington DC to shake up the federal government or shake up the government uh, uh, establishment, as he would say. And that's, that's kind of what Bernie Sanders was doing. Although Bernie Sanders, as we all know, favors a socialist type, society or government uh donald trump did not favor that at all so he became interested in donald trump and he i don't know he i guess he alluded to the fact that maybe because donald trump was an outsider because donald trump was um pushing the envelope against pushing back against uh, uh, the washington establishment he thought that that QAnon might might have developed an interest in Donald Trump for that reason. So, uh, I, hopefully, I'll be able to watch more of it before. Uh, I guess yeah, we'll do th- a Thursday night. So maybe I'll have a little bit more on it. But I'll post it, and if anybody wants to look at it, there's again there's several stories on there that you can look into about QAnon. But this just happens to be one about a a couple that uh, was going to do a short film. Both of them actually kind of stepped away from their uh, regular jobs so they could do this project, so they could get the story on QAnon and uh, and tell people what it's about. So it, it may be interesting. interesting. If, if you have questions about QAnon, because a lot of people label it as a, terrorist organization or it's 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 on the watch list of the federal government for sure right right. and um and there have been some people in QAnon that have done some uh or at least uh say they support QAnon that have have done some uh pretty bad things so if you're interested in checking out that story go to um uh vice tv Check Vice it out. TV. Vice TV. Which I thought was kind of an odd. Actually, I found this particular clip that I watched on Facebook. Huh. So there's several different ways that you can watch it. Yeah, I've actually, I think it's on uh, Comcast. I've got that channel. I've seen it a couple times. Yeah, I think it's on the on Peacock. Uh <laughs> Uh, several, several places. So anyway, we appreciate BP thinking about us and sending suggestions to us to check out. Yeah. Thanks BP. Um, well, you know, speaking of, um, 
you know, things that'll get you heated up. How about, how about, um, you know, the cancel culture, the woke culture, whatever you want to call it. You know, we're talking about changing everything in this country that we find offensive. So, you know, why not change the name of a fish? Why not change the name of a tree? Change the name of your favorite park. I mean, I don't think it's really going to stop anywhere. Um, there's an article out by Newsweek um, by Thomas uh, Kicker that uh, <laughs> says that uh, <laughs> there's a... Uh, Democrats in Washington have introduced a new bill, of course they have, that aims to clear official place names of language deemed racist or offensive. The Reconciliation in Place Names Act, yes, that is what it's called, was put forward on Friday by Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, old oh boy, herself, and Edward Markey as well uh, as well as uh, Texas Representative Al Green, and is co-sponsored by 25 other House Democrats. Was that Al Gritz so, Green? I don't know. Um, did he, <laughs> I mean, you know, I you, like a good grit. Um, you know who Al Green is? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, That's, I do. Uh, his his nickname one. was Al Gritz Green. Yeah, yeah not, not the same one. No. Um, <laughs> say... Uh, they say if it is passed, the bill would allow for 1,441 specific places in the U.S. to be renamed as their current names have been flagged as offensive or as specifically containing racial slurs. The list would be made up of geographic features such as forest, bodies of water, and general stretches of nature. Um, what the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard it described as such. But I got a uh, no. I'm I not got a general stretch of nature form. Um, so, Business Insider reports that roughly 600 of these locations have the N word in their names, and I, you know, not what? that I want to see that, but I just can't believe that somebody would have put that in in there in the name of a of a of a of a park or anything like that. I just don't. I just don't get it. I, I mean, like Niagara place. or, or <laughs> um, I guess, but I don't that, know. that's, that's not as, I don't know. I don't even see how you can make an association. They, they don't give an, a, a, an example uh, of that. Uh, I mean, not that you can not probably really. read it, but well, well, they, not of that one, but they do have another one on here. Um, and old, old Warren said, uh, we need to immediately stop honoring the ugly legacy of racism and bigotry. And that's why I'm introducing the reconciliation in place names act with my colleagues. You know, people may not realize this, but these elected officials, they're paid by our taxes and they actually, when they have to put a bill together, they have to have lunch. You know, they have to get together, probably go to dinner and talk about it. You know, they have to get all the supplies that they need to put said bill together. What a waste of money for some um, idiotic bill such as this. I mean, I'm, I'm all about, you know, um, taking care of things that, uh, that are blatantly um, racist and shouldn't have been put in place in the, 
you know, the first go around, but, um, what else did uh, Green uh, Al, uh, Al Green chimed in? He said these terms are harmful relics from the era of invidious yet lawful discrimination that must be removed from public property. Racism, even in geography, cannot be tolerated in a country that strives for liberty and justice for all. Um, are we doing that right now? Um, so, <clears throat> one of the examples is. Government agencies and other wild uh, official wildlife organizations are working to get rid of the term Asian carp. Oh, I did. To refer, did you see that? I saw Um, that freaking article. Yeah, it says the big head, the silver, the grass, and the black carp species were imported to Mississippi from China in the 1970s to help clear sewage and aquaculture ponds of algae, weeds, and parasites. The fish have since become a nuisance to various ecosystems on account of being voracious eaters. Well, you know what? Um, what the hell? That's what people know them as? What's the problem? Well, um, There have been pushes to change the name that is seen, it is seen as derogatory to Asian cultures and people since at least 2014. Okay, um, so I mean, Asia. If you look at if you look at any geography map that I ever saw, uh, you have uh, it, it says Asia. There is if you look at certain maps, it'll say Asia on there. I mean, if right. is the word Asian racist because it's talking about a group of people? I mean, how is that racist? And then if you the carp came from China, right? Isn't that where it came from? I think. Right. At least right. my memory serves. So right. I, I guess they could have called it the Chinese carp, but would that. Oh, well, that would have been doubly offensive. Is that offensive? Yeah, well, I guess. Apparently it is. But, you know, um, so they've got nothing else to do. There's nothing else they need to fix in the country. So let's go ahead and drum up 1,400 and. 41 different things that we can rename. Um, and then, and then, so they get the bill passed. Now each individual um, location has to raise them, has to pay our tax dollars have to go to pay for these things to be changed. It's not some damn, um, you know, bake sale they're having uh, at the local school to raise money to change the name of the damn Asian carp? No, they're going to use our tax dollars to make this mandatory to these 1,441 specific places in the U.S. to be renamed. I mean, come on. Well, um, it, it reminds me of the, those idiots out in California. I believe it was San Francisco. We, we talked about this. Maybe it was towards the end of last year may have been before the election that that I think it was that school board that they had decided there was a hundred and something schools they had to change the names of in their school district because they were named after people they no longer considered to be, you know, uh, well, they were considered to be racist, you know, uh, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, and they paid for a, a study to be done 
to, to decide what schools were should be changed. And then it was going to cost them an average of about $100,000 per school to change everything, you know, all the name, all the, all the, you know, uh, signs on the school and uniforms. And I mean, maybe, maybe if we solve the problems of this country first, <laughs> hunger, homelessness, immigration. Well, I think, then, I think what the, I think what they've done is, um, they've just taken George Orwell's book, 1984, and uh, use that as a game plan, um, you know, use that as a, as a blueprint of what they want to do to, to tear apart the country and, and then the world. Um, I, I agree. It's horrible. I, 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 if, if you take these things individually that we've talked about over the weeks and we'll continue to talk about, just on their own, some of them don't look quite as you know, worrisome as, as others, but you start adding all this stuff together. And basically what, what the conclusion is, they want to wipe out everything, all the establishment stuff in this country and basically start over with a new slate with them being the ones who approve how everything should be done, how everything should be named. Um, but, and, and <laughs> of course we're pushing back, but I, I don't, I, I saw that about the carp and I'm like, well, I and I saw some idiot. Um, I think it was on Tucker Carlson last night talking about it's not proper anymore to, to use the words shark attack. They want you to use shark encounter. Okay. Well, because it's offensive to the sharks. Who gives a shit? I mean, it's a shark. Yeah. He, he, one, he yeah. can't understand what you're saying to him. But you know, if somebody, yeah. something attacks me and tries to eat my, you know, eat my whole body or tear a leg or an arm off, I consider that being attacked. Now, this right. this this moron who was a self-proclaimed shark expert, uh, he was self-taught more or less. Uh, he said, "Well, you know, you're in the shark's yard back." backyard or you're in the sharks uh playground their territory so you're intruding upon their territory so you know hey if you get attacked i mean that's that's on you that's <laughs> so Jeez. but but okay you know you can make that argument i don't care but if somebody if if an, an animal chews part of your body off that's an attack that's not an encounter you can probably survive in an encounter but uh, it, that's the insanity that people are going to now that they want to rename everything. And I'll be damned if I'm going to worry about offending a shark or anybody that loves yeah. sharks. Or, I don't have anything against carp. them or carp, yeah. a, a, any kind of freaking I've fish. Eaten, I've always <laughs> called a carp a carp, but I'll be, by God, now I'm going to call it Asian carp. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, that's um, all, it's only going to make us want to use those, those terms more often because right. it's, um, it's, it's insanity. What kind of fragile snowflake society <laughs> are we going to have in 20 years? This country will be so fragile, you won't be able to sneeze. It'll offend somebody. Well, I mean, I guess it would. They'll think you have COVID. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's, we're turning this into just a, a, 
uh, uber apologetic, you know, everybody wins, just nightmare of a place. You're going to have to get off of this track or there's going to be no turning back. Well, we're going to be pushovers. The the, the next yeah. few generations are going to be pushovers. And, and we've said this before on Trice Talk. Read the Constitution. There's nothing in our Constitution that says you have a right not to be offended. You know? Right. And what, where, where do you draw the line with freedom of speech with these things if you keep wanting? You know, some things I understand. If, if it's against people, I can understand that discussion. And again, depending on what word they're trying to change. But this stuff about nature and animals, and, and I've heard that about other animal issues. You know, it's you know it's offensive to refer to this as such and such. And I'm like, are you ki- are you kidding? <laughs> well, are we're you- gonna have to get our get our buddy Sasquatch to uh, get on the line one night because um, I imagine you know he would be offended by being called Bigfoot. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but he's a large individual and. You know, going around getting beat up all these years. Some people calling him Bigfoot instead of his birth given name, Sasquatch. So, I I mean, mean, it sounds like it's a a bunch of people, individuals who they personally have these as causes. And all of a sudden, we're supposed to make it a cause for society. Uh, I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. And, no. and if, if we give these people power to change everything just because they want to, they've decided in their mind that Asian carp is offensive. Really? I mean, <laughs> where did it come from? No, but- if it came from Wyoming, <laughs> would you call it the Wyoming carp? Right. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, we're just creating a soft, um, a soft, uh, you know, group of individuals that will be running the country one day. So let's look forward to that. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I feel sorry for you. People people will be fornicating in the middle of the street. (laughs) Oh, what? what? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I probably shouldn't get into that one, but it's, it's, in fact, I looked, it's funny that you use that story because I was looking Earlier this afternoon, I thought in the back of my head, you know, it'd be kind of neat to to look at at some words that we've been forced to change uh, or phrases we've been forced to change in the last couple of years in this country. Uh, but it kept giving me stuff that I just it, it wasn't funny enough for yeah. me to try to use. Um, yeah. Some of it's just downright ridiculous, but that that doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. I mean, we have, okay, all right, I'm, we, we were not going to beat this to death, but it just comes to my mind all of a sudden. We actually have trees and shrubs that are called Japanese japonica or Japanese holly. Are we going to be forced to change those because they're offensive to, to uh, yes. J- Japanese people? Uh, maybe, I don't know. I think the Japanese are a little tougher than that, you know. Well, why is it? Um, why is it the word Chinese? About, yeah, I think it? that they would. I think that you know, Chinese, the Chinese, the um, Japanese, um, different cultures like that would laugh at us for being so fragile. You know. Um, yeah. 
I bet you they call you Amer- Americans all the time some kind of funky names. Well, do you see any other countries right now going around and um, tearing down statues and renaming a bunch of shit that they have that they're not happy with? <laughs> do you see that happening anywhere else? I don't um, think they would right get away now? with it. No. No, they'd be shot or something like that. I'm not saying that's what we need to do here. But people don't realize the kind of freedoms that we have. And we're taking these freedoms to an extreme and twisting them and morphing them into something they were never intended to be. You know, yeah. this we're, we're creating our own problems. And well, I think last year when I think the statue when they started tearing down statues last year or defacing statues, whatever it was they were doing to them, I think that gave them license that gave them the green light to just start just tearing down anything they can in this society. And again, there's a lot of things that, that probably need to be addressed, but you, you can't do everything. But I, I think I also said this a couple of weeks ago too, but, I got news for you folks, especially the ones that are making big deals out of statues. Uh, they, they, I think it was uh, one of the senators said something about that. But all these statues of Confederates that they're having to remove from from the uh, you know uh, federal buildings in Washington D.C. Uh, they're Democrats, folks. Yeah. The South was Democrats. They were Democrats. Yeah. You didn't have any Republicans uh, running around in the South. Not 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 that uh, would admit to it anyway. Well, they forget about that. They only say that they were white. So I think that's why, you know, I've heard I heard a, a professor say something to this effect. You know, one of the reasons that these people want to remove all of these things is because they don't want to have a conversation about it. And Democrats don't put up a big fight about it because People haven't caught on these these young people that are that are involved in all these things. They haven't caught on to the fact. Well, now wait a minute. All these Confederate things that that was the Democrat Party. That was a Democrat Party that participated in the KKK. Oh my gosh! You know we're on the wrong side here. So right. they're the Democrats are happy for them to get rid of all that stuff because then there won't be any reason to have a conversation about. Well, actually who were all these people in the South that were, were doing so many of the things that, that were racist and worse white supremacist. Um, right. They were Democrats folks. They were Democrats. So anyway, yeah, this, this name thing, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm too old for that. I'm, yeah, I'm on a one. I don't need anything else. I need to memorize so right. I'm going to call it what I've called it for the last, uh, you know, so many years of my life. But I will not do anything to offend anybody unless somebody's going to be offended by me using the term Asian carp. Sorry about that. Oh, well. I've never even seen an Asian carp. I wouldn't know what one looks like, honestly. I, I mean, a carp is a carp to me. I mean, you know. Didn't they have a picture with an article? Didn't uh, they? No, I didn't see one. Oh, okay. Well, the article I saw, it was a huge, I mean, it looked like a huge goldfish. And I think they said the carp was actually a member of the goldfish family. And, well, uh, they've, actually, they've actually shown uh, 
they had a story that came out that the people that are dumping their little pets into these ponds and lakes that these goldfish are getting about to be the size of a carp. Yeah. So. And, and they're overtaking everything. So, right. Don't, don't drop your goldfish in the pond people. That's right. Yeah. And that's, that means exactly what it's, what it means. <laughs> Well, I, I'm gonna try. I'm still gonna look for a, a list if I can find some. I want. I want some funny ones that we can use one night. All these things yeah. that people want to change the name of because <laughs> it offends somebody. Come on, come on. And but I can tell you, I'm not changing the shark attack thing. So, but yeah. I don't go. I don't go in the ocean anymore anyway. So you don't have to worry about that. I might go ankle deep. But that's about it. Whoa. Um, okay. What? 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 <laughs> what is this? Is something wrong with ankle deep? <laughs> right. uh, we'll talk, I guess we'll I talk about that later. <laughs> I, I guess I could go in down to my kneecap, but I don't know. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Kick a little stand around. <laughs> that's right. So, should I? Uh, oh, you got more to add to that, or should I move on? No, I, I'm I'm totally done with that. Okay, did you? Do I hear a phone ringing? No, 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 not here. What is that sound? Okay, uh, here's a story from the Epic Times. And uh, I, I guess this is the first person they've actually sentenced, uh, one of the people from the January 6th, I'm not calling it insurrection, uh, the uh, riot or whatever, uh, the stupid maneuver that a bunch of people did on January the 6th. But anyway, one of the first people, I think, who's been sentenced. Um, and he was sent. Did you hear about that uh, guy yeah. from Florida? His name is Paul Hodgkins. Um, he, he's 38 years old from Tampa, Florida. And there's a picture of him on this article, which I'll be posting on Facebook. He's standing. It looks like he's standing in, in front of Pelosi's desk, the speaker's uh, podium or whatever. And he's got a Trump flag over his shoulder and a Trump shirt on. And then, of course, that idiot with the uh, horns is standing there behind Pelosi's desk or podium, uh, whatever they call that guy. But uh, anyway, he's been sentenced. Uh, let's see, Hodgkins, who exited the Capitol building after he was only inside about 25 minutes, was also sentenced to 24 months of supervised release after serving jail time and ordered to pay a special assessment of $100 and $2,000 in restitutions. But now he's been sentenced to a total of eight months in jail for, for this, and it was considered a, um, oh gosh, I lost my place here. It wasn't a misdemeanor. What's the next thing? Well, let me see. I'll just have to go in here. All right. So the defense attorney says uh, he was pushing for no jail time, noting that Hodgkins had no prior criminal record and he wasn't accused of even being violent while he was in the building. He didn't tear anything up. He just 
he went in. And um, one of the defense attorneys asked the judge to be merciful and claimed that Hodgkin's actions weren't materially different than those of Ann, let's see, Anna Morgan Lloyd, who was 49. She was sentenced to probation for her part in uh, uh, the capital breach. There you go. That That's a better... Uh, Hodgkins was the first participant in the U.S. Capitol breach to be sentenced for a felony. Okay, so he's been charged with a felony or convicted of a felony. Uh, U.S. District Judge Randolph Moss largely rejected the defense's argument for uh, for Hodgkins. Uh, Hodgkins entered the Capitol building wearing ski goggles and rope. I hope he had on more than that. <laughs> Jeez. That's always, that's uh, indicating that he had expected clashes with law enforcement. The judge says, I don't know whether he thought he was going there to be an assault on the Capitol or not, but he came that day prepared to defend his position and to engage in whatever needed to be done. This is the judge saying this even if it placed him in the center of the conflict. He didn't end up there by accident, accidental curiosity. Uh, and this is, that again, that's to the judge, what the judge said. It's obvious as he approached the Capitol that he was participating in an ongoing attack to impede the certification of the election. To make matters worse, Mr. Hodgkins stood next to the dais of the United States Senate in the well of the Senate and raised that red flag that said Trump 2020 in large white letters. This is still the judge. The symbolism of that act is unmistakable. He was making a claim on the floor of the United States Senate, not with an American flag, but with a flag declaring his loyalty to a single individual over that of the nation. That act captured the threat to democracy that we all witnessed that day. Okay, you know, you know, you know what I want to say here, right? What's that? Threat to democracy that day. Um, that they were trying to stop the actions of uh, the the proceedings that were going on that day. Basically, they're accusing these people of trying intentionally trying to stop the certification of Joe Biden. Uh, so in their minds, he wouldn't become president, that Donald Trump could stay president, which is an insane assumption anyway. Uh, goes on to say the, I say, I was talking about people who evacuated. Uh, they eventually reconvened and certified Democrat Joe Biden. What I'll say this again, what they stopped was the discussions that various people were presenting and the evidence they were presenting in an attempt that, you know, Congress was, uh, you know, the Republicans, the conservatives were going to try to push the election results back to the state and uh, each individual state. And um, so they weren't there just to certify the election, which has always been my contention you know, anybody who supported Trump should have left everything alone and let that proceed that day. So all that all that evidence and information could have been in the national record, uh, you know, because uh, of, of what was going on that day. But they stopped right. it. So they stopped all that information from coming out 
And uh, it, it wouldn't make sense. It didn't make sense not to allow all that to proceed. So I have a problem with their contention that these people intentionally stopped that. I don't have a problem thinking that Democrats would have had an interest in stopping things that day. Because as it turns out, when everybody came back, everybody was so upset, nobody was going to continue with their objections. They just went ahead and confirmed Joe Biden, which is what the Democrats wanted in the first place. Right. So the judge says, yes, Mr. Hodgkins did not participate in the physical violence or the destruction, but he surely participated in the grave danger to our democracy. Oh, I, I'm sorry. That was not the uh, the judge. That was uh, U.S. Attorney Mona Setke. She told oh. the judge that. So Mona was upset, too. Mona. Uh, the recommended sentence would help bolster respect for the law, she said, describing the breach of the Capitol on January 6th as being done to subvert the election and disrupt the peaceful transfer of power. Hodgkins later addressed the court directly, saying, I am truly remorseful and regretful, regretful for my actions in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. He said, noting that he regretted the damage the breach caused and how it hurt America. Although I know I, that I did not or would I ever engage in acts of assault, vandalism, or theft, I've also thought that the company of us who remain calmer in our protests may have made others feel emboldened to carry out the destruction that occurred that day. Uh, the Florida man said he traveled to the nation's capital to support then Donald Trump and participate in a march. Uh, this was a foolish decision on my part that I take full responsibility for. He said, I do not, I will not make any excuses. The judge said he participated. Oh, he appreciated that statement, which he describes as sincere. So, Maybe that's why he only got eight months, because they could have given him a lot lot longer sentence. I think up to 18 months he could have gotten for that. Um, anyway, so, you know, I, I think um, it probably could have been worse for him. I just I hate some of the, the phrasing that these people go through talking about this. People, you know, tried to overthrow the government that day or they tried to prevent Joe Biden from uh, uh, being certified. And in that respect, they did in the sense that it was a discussion on the floor of the Senate that day to bring about all the allegations of voter issues, voter fraud or voter irregularities. And, um, and, and we would have been better off if all that could have been completed that day. So I still feel like uh, Democrats probably had more to do with that than than we uh, ever know. But, um, yeah, so he's the first person to get get sentenced. And uh, I guess it could have been worse. But, you know, at least he owned up to the fact that he shouldn't have gone in that day. Right. And uh, he regrets it. And. uh so, you know, he's a, he's a man. He stood up and he took his punishment. Yeah, and that's what you're supposed to do. That's what's, yeah. Uh, he was he was wrong, but uh, well, speak, they weren't trying to overthrow speaking, the government. <laughs> no, no. Um, but speaking of punishment, um, there's an article out by Bloomberg uh, 
by Cindy Wang, Lane Marlowe, and Aaron <laughs> Edgelitis. Is that all one person? Uh, no, I think it's three. What well, it could be one? Just have a disorder. <laughs> um, Taiwan angers China with first Europe office using its name. So they've opened up. They've gone ahead and poked the bear and uh, opened up their own little uh, own little office uh, under under the uh, Taiwan's uh, flag. There, uh, Taiwan will set up its first office in Europe using the name Taiwan, draw, drawing a, a rebuke from China and praise from the U.S. as the island democracy seeks to strengthen its diplomatic presence around the globe in face of pressure from Beijing. Um, you know, that's, that's definitely going to be so a mess. Uh, where was, where was this set up? Just in uh, Lithuania, just Europe? Lithuania, Lithuania. That's the first place they yeah. want to put an office. Well, you know, maybe they figured this was going to be inconspicuous, you know, who's going to get <laughs> riled up about us opening up a joint in Lithuania. But, um, little did they know, um, the government in Taipei will open that office in Lithuania. Um, and uh, uh, Joseph Wu, who's the Taiwan's foreign minister, uh, told a briefing Tuesday, Taiwan's other diplomatic outposts on the continent are under the name of Taipei. Lithuania has firmly believed in universal values such as democracy, freedom, and human rights and is a like-minded partner of Taiwan, Wu said. Taiwan and Lithuania are both at the strategic front line of safeguard, democratic, and free regimes. Um, and if you didn't know, Lithuania has got about 2.8 million people that borders Russia. Um, and it has already backed Taiwan in other areas. But, you know, it's interesting because there's other... You know, China's doing some saber rattling, and so is Russia. Russia's just come out with a new fleet of uh, fighter jets and a uh, Mach Seven missile. I saw um, that. that they can launch. Yeah, I watched the video on it. It's uh, it's fast. It's real fast. Um, but the you know the Taiwan uh, it supported. Its attempt, uh, Lithuania supported its attempt to participate in the World Health Organization's annual policy-setting summit at the World Health Assembly, uh, an issue that became a geopolitical controversy between major powers as the island successfully fought the COVID-19 pandemic. But, you know, um, China is just, they're, they're, they're not having it. They're not having Taiwan um, to be independent of Chinese rule and um, they're going to do anything they have to, to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, well, they say uh, China firmly opposes any formal relations between other countries with Taiwan and opposes the establishment of representatives offices in other countries. Um, Zhou Lihan said, um, uh, um, told told that to a briefing Tuesday in Beijing, uh, and we say this firmly to Taiwan Authority. Any attempt to create Taiwan independence or create one China, one Taiwan in the international community will only fail. So, it's um, it's a big deal, and actually, 
there was an article that came out. I don't think I used it. I'll, I may use it in another one of our shows that um, talks about if you want to look for a place for World War III to start, it very well could be Taiwan itself where that starts at because China is not um, finding this funny the least bit. Um, and that anybody who is on the side of the Taiwanese um, will pay and they'll pay dearly. So, well, and you've already got Russian troops or actually they're doing, they're saying they're doing a military exercise, but they're already starting to uh, bring out uh, armored vehicles and, and put them on borders. And um, it, it's, it's, it's something that everybody needs to be concerned about for sure. I, I hate to admit that I'm, I'm really not that up to date about the issue with Taiwan because all my life I've heard about Taiwan or at least all my adult life and mostly about things that are made in Taiwan. You know, I never really understood if Taiwan was supposed to be part of China officially or <clears throat> I mean, how have we gone all these years? Uh, I mean, it, is, is Taiwan officially part of China or have they always been kind of operated uh, independently over the years? Kind of like Hong uh, Kong was for so many years, but of course that's because yeah, the British were there. I have to look it up, but I think China's uh, involvement with taking over Taiwan has not been, um, you know, throughout history. It's uh, something not in the too distant past where this has taken place. And they're not willing to let them go. Well, you would think kind of like that Hong any, Kong, you know. yeah, you, you, you'd think that any free country over there, especially in Asia, any Asian countries, would be interested in Taiwan remaining free. Because what's to keep China from taking over? I don't know why China doesn't take <laughs> over North, North Korea, personally. Uh, couldn't be any worse over there if China took over. But uh, and surely they're not afraid of of uh, <coughs> a little Kim. No, a little no. Kim. No. So no. I, I don't know why China puts up with with uh, North Korea. I don't know why they just don't take over North Korea. But um, well, you know, over the over the last couple of years, this article says that Beijing has also slowly squeezed Taipei's few remaining diplomatic allies, particularly smaller island states in the South Pacific, uh, Latin America, and the Car uh, Caribbean. Last summer, Taiwan set up a similar representative office to the one it's opening in Lithuania in the territory of the unrecognized government of uh, Somaliland in a, a bid to bolster its dwindling number of allies because they don't want to have to go against the Chinese. And as we're weakening further and further over here from everything that we've built up over the past four years with our military and the no BS stance that we've taken, um, we could be under threat too. You know, we're just going to cower down. Um, I'd hate to see us do that, but China and Russia are banding together and we're going to be in deep caca if we don't get some things turned around here pretty soon. Well, you know, uh, China and Russia have never really been 
what you would say allies. Um, and I, no, I can't. They're, they're, be, they're becoming more and more uh, like that now, though. Well, you know, they may do something like that in order to get rid of us, kind of like the Japanese and and uh, the Germans did when Hitler, you know, right. World War Two, just just for their own self-serving right. reasons. Well, but, because uh, they didn't particularly like each other either. No, no. Because both 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 nations saw themselves superior to the other. Yeah, <laughs> that that would have. Uh, yeah, that that would have been different if they had had to fight each other. Certainly. Oh my! But um, well, that's that's. I've never really mm-hmm. thought about Taiwan being not being a country. I guess until until recent years when it's become such an issue with China. I can't even imagine why that would that's such an important island to them anyway, unless it's because manufacturing and in, in Taiwan is an issue for for the Chinese people. I think it has her uh, has to do with their position strategically uh, uh, too, where they're located out in the um, in that part of the ocean there. Yeah, um, close to Australia and and some other yeah. free. So I think. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it as well. Just doesn't seem like that, that would be something that people would be willing to start using nuclear arms for, though, you know? I mean, really, in my mind, what I'm worried about is if Iran ever gets nuclear weapons, if if somebody... I, you know, I, I don't know that we have to worry about them as much as we do these other big big nations. I mean, well, yeah, we need to worry about them, but I mean, look how big Iran is, and they get a nuclear weapon. You know, they'll they'll be taken out before they can get it launched. Well, I'm I'm talking about in conjunction with the Chinese and and possibly right. even Russia. If if they found that to be an advantage for them there, that they could attack. You know, I mean, there would be some kind yeah. of alliance, but well, I think there will be. You know, and unfortunately for all of us. History has a, a way of repeating itself, and um, you know, there uh, unfortunately will probably be another another war that we'll have to go through because um, you know people outgrow outgrow their territory. They want to be the dominant. You know, they want to be the uh, they want to be the superpower, and they're on track to be that. So. We'll see how it plays out. Well, just remember, folks, Americans have guns. <laughs> yeah. Americans have guns. <laughs> We're not going to lay down easy. Uh, that's all I can say. No. We're not going to lay down easy. Uh, Okie doke. Well, let me see. I, I've got a the wrong screen up here. So I can't see how we're done. Okay. All right. One quickie thing here. If I can do this in a, uh, in a short manner. Oh. <laughs> Data shows illegal border crossings on pace to top 1 million this month. 1 million 
illegal border crossings in the first seven months of this year. So where are we going to be in December? Well, we'll we'll be in a hell of a place, especially if Biden gets his way and uh, lifts the Title Forty Two. Oh, about um, the the COVID restrictions. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. We'll we'll be in a world of hurt. Be in a total world of hurt. Um, it says. I mean, I I'm just wondering what people really feel about this. If they've got to be seeing these pictures on TV and now that they know that they're flying them all around the country and injecting them into to different cities of, of, of this country, it, uh, who's, who's going to take care of these people? Where, how are they going to, I mean, you can't say that every one of them is going to go to work. Uh, they can't have much because most of the ones that you see, they're coming in here with a little backpack on their back, and some of them don't even have that. And uh, they're going to have to be housed and fed, and they're going to need uh, medical care in many cases. Uh, they're saying that uh, a large percentage of these people coming across uh, have COVID. So I, I just... For the life of me, I can't figure out what in the world Joe Biden is thinking about in his head, you know, or, or what people in his administration are thinking. Surely they're not, you know, a lot of a lot of Republicans are saying, yeah, well, all they're trying to do is up their voter base if they're going to go ahead with this amnesty thing that, that's been rumored here lately. But uh, I, I just, a million people plus they were adding here that do not have jobs, do not have homes, do not have money, do not have doctors. What are they going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know. I don't know. What, what can we do? Um, it says that confirmed the number of, number of southwestern border stops would be the very most in any month of June for the last 21 years. It would also be an 80% increase over the number of apprehensions in June of 2019 and a whopping 469% increase over the number of encounters in June of 2020. So we've gone, we've gone almost 500% over the encounters from 2020 of June. Uh, 180,034 apprehended in the month of May. I, I, these, these poor people that are working the border, uh, and I think, uh, Florida sent people to help Texas out. Uh, it seemed like, uh, I heard another state, was it Ohio? Um, I can't remember. There was another state that has sent some, uh, troopers down there to help Texas out as well. It says in total, uh, se- it was Florida. I, I well, Florida know. went, but there was another state. I yeah, can't. Okay. I can't remember what it was. Um, it says the last time at least one million stops were recorded in the U.S.-Mexico border in a calendar year, it was 2006, and the milestone wasn't reached until December of that year. In all total, 711,784 apprehensions have been made by CBP in the first five months of this year. 
because virtually all adults who illegally cross are not taken into custody and referred for prosecution, many have repeatedly attempted to get into the U.S. Uh, when you have open border policies, people say, I'm coming, I'm going to risk everything. Uh, that's why I keep saying that the most inhumane thing we do for immigration or for migrants is to open our borders because you're telling them that their lives are worth risking because once they get here, they're going to be let in. Um, uh, la, da, 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 da. Uh, in Arizona, let's see, the Arizona nonprofit Humane Borders, which maps the recoveries of bodies in the state using data from the Pima County Medical Examiner's Office in Tucson said Monday, 43 sets of human remains were found in the state's border region last month. So 43 bodies or parts of bodies were found because, you know, if you Jeez. you die, you die out there in the desert. I mean, there's coyotes and uh, mountain lions and all kinds of things that are going to just feast on you. Hardworks. Well, I don't That's okay. If you say so, at, at least 29 of those people had been dead for less than a week. So 29 of the 43 they found had been dead less than a week. Uh, Texas officials say they've also seen an increase in migrant deaths this year. Uh, the Brooks County Sheriff's Department in South East, uh, Southern Texas last month reported 36 migrant deaths in the first five months of 2021. Last month, Re Representative Tony Gonzalez said in an interview that county officials in the Lone Star State are asking him for more body bags. Uh, I sit in front of them and I go, if I can do one thing for you guys, what would you, what would that be? And, and, and this is the ask I'm getting, Gonzalez said. They go, Tony, we need more body bags. And he says, I'm saying, body bags? Why do you need more body bags? They go, migrants are dying at record numbers, and we don't have body bags to handle the situation. That's what's happening there on the ground at the border. So, you know, I, I just... I hate to, this gets used a lot and I hate to use it, but I have to use the comparison. There's no way in the world. I mean, uh, the left made such an issue over the, the children in cages, quote, cages that Obama actually put there uh, when Trump was in office. But we have all these people, a million people so far coming over this year and all these people dying uh, in the desert trying to to get into the United States and how much talk do you hear about it on the other stations? No, you don't. It's, it's like the problem doesn't even exist. And, uh, I just don't know how for the life of me, I can't figure out the logic behind this at all, but you know, the number is going to keep growing and, uh, Coming soon to a neighborhood near you. So exactly, and uh, maybe maybe that's what it takes. Here's my idea, and it'll be the last thing I say on this tonight. Here's my idea: all these Democrats that are okay with this happening, I think every shipment of these immigrants, 
quote, immigrants is what they want you to use, or migrants, they want you to say migrants, should go to the districts represented re- represented by these Democrats. They shouldn't go to any Republican uh, represented districts in this country because, you know, it's make them live with the problem that they're creating. You know, as long, I mean, they can sit there, they go home, Nancy Pelosi goes home to her gated home. Uh, her what? Oh, uh, gated home. Gated home in a million dollar, you know, $2 million ritzy subdivision in San Francisco area. And, and her vanilla bean ice cream. Right. And she doesn't have to worry about these people. They're not putting them in her neighborhood or anybody else, you know, that that is um, uh, up there saying this is not a big deal. Okay. You need to make mm-hmm. them have to live with the problems that they create. And I guarantee you there would be a different attitude in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. What a mess. So are you going to get affirmative? Uh, well, am I? I don't know. Where are we running here? Yeah, you're um, right. Go ahead. Slide that in okay. there. Slide that on in, he says. Um, Slip it in between yeah. the pages. You know, um, the Washington Examiner, and I tend to like their articles more and more, um, had an article that come out about affirmative action is good, just not when it's based on race. Uh, Robert uh, Schmad wrote this article. Um, and it says, it starts out, and I like I like the way this, is, uh, this comparison comes off here, because it's true. Imagine two high school seniors with comparable grades, test scores, and extracurricular activities. One is black, has wealthy parents, attends a prep school, and resides in Manhattan's affluent Upper West Side. The other goes to an underserved public school in Appalachia, is the son of an impoverished single mother, and just happens to be white. As it stands, elite universities would give the rich black kid a leg up over the poor white kid, and that's not right. Because wouldn't that be reverse discrimination, Donald Wayne? Yes, I, I, th- I, 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 I do believe that you would call, call me it crazy. that. Um, <laughs> well, it says, while it may seem far-fetched, the scenario is far more common than anyone may think. 71% of black and Latino students at Harvard come from affluent backgrounds. If academic institutions truly want to increase equality, considering the economic conditions of applicants, not just their race, would make the most sense. Looking at race alone allows wealthy minorities to take advantage of the educational system at the expense of less fortunate white and Asian students. Switching to a class-based approach would prevent that kind of exploitation and still benefit non-white young people, given that they are overrepresented among the poor. Despite its carefully cultivated liberal image, Harvard and the rest of the Ivy League does a terrible job at bringing low-income students into the fold. Only 4.5% of Harvard undergraduates come from the bottom 20% of earners. And that's among the highest proportions for elite colleges. 
Affirmative action has succeeded in making our academic institutions more ethnically diverse, though the practice has done comparatively little to address economic inequality. Giving poor students a boost in the admissions process could rectify this. Uh, uh, meritocracy. Jeez, oh, I mean, no, I'm not even going there. Uh, consider this: two people are engaged in a foot race. One runner is wearing a backpack with a 45-pound plate in it, while the other is unencumbered. If they were to cross the finish line simultaneously, would it be fair to say they are equally equally skilled runners? On paper, their time was the same. The one being weighed down, however, is obviously the superior athlete as he or she achieved the same result as his or her opponent despite being at a disadvantage. You can apply the same logic to the college admissions process. A student that had to work full-time to support themselves and still managed to eke out a 3.8 GPA is more impressive than another student getting a 4.0 within the context of a stable, upper-middle-class family. Performing well in spite of obstacles is evidence of academic potential and should be rewarded by admission officers. Affirmative action in its current form is both counterproductive with regard to determining the difficulties experienced by individual applicants and ineffective at combating social inequality. Considering things such as income, the quality of the school one attended, geography, family structure, and work history would be far more conducive to recruiting truly disadvantaged students and more fair than naively assuming that race can be used as a blanket proxy for hardship. Colleges could still make progress towards this end without totally uprooting existing procedures. Partnering with organizations that aim to provide low-income students with access to elite education, organizations like QuestBridge, would be commendable first step for many institutions. Yeah, I mean, just because you're a minority and they're going to allow you to get into that school far more easier, you know, it should be based on what you bring to the table. Do you know? Do you truly merit um, getting into that school? It just shows what what our country is becoming, and and it doesn't. You know, now you're reversing everything, and you're it's it's not you're not making it equal. You're just reversing the inequality to another inequality. So, right. They're they're punishing people who had no. <coughs> no fault in the inequities of the past and, uh, and and they're passing over people that should be considered, you know, just because they are trying, they've fallen all over themselves in, in the last 20 years. I remember when it first started, I remember the hoopla about hiring issues and, uh, you know, I was, I, I was in a, a position of hiring people, for a number of years. And I remember when that came down that we had to be uh, mindful of, you know, candidates for jobs and make sure that we were, you know, giving the right attention to um, minorities if they applied for the jobs. 
and uh, right, and, and then a lot of times, even though there would be some minority applicants, they may not be, or they weren't always as qualified for the job as some other people that uh, actually had more experience. So it, it it became a problem for a lot of people, and a lot of people got got kicked to the side for that very reason. I've always based anyone that I've interviewed or hired was based on, can they do the job? Can they do the job that you have, um, that you've brought them in to interview for? And you make the best decision on that by their uh, past work history that you can. And, you know, that's it. Um, That's what it should be. If if they're in a in a in a wheelchair, if they're black, purple, have three eyes, it doesn't matter. Can they do the job? That's it. You know, we can deal with everything else. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, I I thought that was a good article. You know, really highlighted. Um, you know that uh, a lot of these individuals want to be want to change and and make it a more equal playing field, uh, but they're not. Now you're cutting out individuals that have worked hard to get into those schools and to make something of themselves. You're making it even harder for them to do that because of their background. All right. They weren't, they weren't equaling it out. They were trying to make up for, again, things that were done in the past wrongfully. And, and, uh, but then, you know, you can't go back and do that. You can't go back and change what was done wrong. You just don't ever do it that way again. You make it make right. sure that you're being fair about it from this point forward. And I mean, and history I, is supposed to be a reminder of what not to do and what to do. Yeah, you can't erase it. Um, and, and the thing is, and I believe, and I've heard many of people say this to me. I've heard many. I've had many. Well, I've heard many conversations because I don't. I, some conversations I don't let myself get into, but being around people, I hear them talk. And I think when those policies came out back probably in the eighties, maybe, uh, maybe the mid to late eighties, it created a lot of tension between uh, races because of that very fact that people were uh, getting kicked out uh, are not being considered for for things for schools and jobs and so forth because of the quote quotas that were uh, expected, you know, from the top down from the federal government. So, right, it's you know these people are supposed to be the smartest of us, right? That run this country, but they uh, come up with some of the dumbest solutions sometimes. Yeah, there's no logic, no logic at all. But then again, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of politicians do things just for political gain and not necessarily to fix a problem. Right. Well, yeah, that's 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 a uh, that's a good good article, a good point, and something that we're you know. I don't know if there's any serious change on the horizon right now, especially in the in the mindset we're in currently. 
Nah. Okie doke. Well, all right. I think we've, uh, I think we're there, Dennis Lee. Oh, okay. I, oh. I can't actually see the board because I have other things up. <laughs> so I'm oh, not okay. exactly sure, but I, let me, oop, hello. Don't you hate those notifications? Hey, we're doing pretty good. All right. Uh, you want to do a little spiel before I get oh, the yeah. quote? Well, um, yeah, well, uh, we appreciate you listening to this um, um, edition of Tries Talk. And if you like what you're hearing, hit that follow button up there um, so you can be uh, reminded of upcoming shows that we have. And, uh, you know, we appreciate your listenership. Um, and also, if you want to follow us, follow us on Twitter. Um, you can find us there at Tristalk WG Moon. And you can also find us on Facebook. We put all our articles on there that we use. And um, we make sure to post all the podcasts on there, as well as pictures that we get in from you folks, um, BP. Um, and also... You can reach us on, uh, you can email us at tristalk69pts at gmail.com and let us know how we're doing. Um, so give us suggestions for the show as BP did. Thank you, sir. And send us pictures there as well. Again, BP, really. Um, <laughs> but then you can also find us on these other outlets, which would be Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, LinkedIn, Listen Notes, and player fm and we were on every um well hell we post every night so <laughs> just, between, just about just bet- about <laughs> between our shows together and the mini pods <laughs> that donald wayne does which have been going great um you can catch trice talk in its capacity just about every evening and we encourage you to do so um and look we we appreciate you we love you thank you for listening to us and uh, look for more things to come up and about with Trice Talk. And uh, thank you so much. Yes, we appreciate everyone who listens to our episodes of Trice Talk. Uh, We appreciate your uh, support. And hopefully, you know, we may surprise y'all with a a live version some night just, just for the heck of it, you know. Get a get a bottle of whiskey. We actually need to do one together in the same room again, Dennis Lee. Yeah, well, I believe that's uh, that'll be on the books here real soon. We we so we can raise a ruckus, but uh, <laughs> raise a ruckus. Right. All right. So that's the right. quote for tonight is from Stephen Covey, and some of you in the business world may recognize the name because he's responsible for a lot of those. Uh, seminar kind of things that people do, you know, self-improvement and all that. Did you ever have to go to one of those, Dennis Lee, Stephen no, Covey seminars? No, we don't do much self-improvement. We just let people decline <laughs> on their own. Okay. So. Well, he, I, when I was in the apartment business, we did a lot of Stephen Covey-type uh, seminars. I mean, he, he has, you know, of course, he made a lot of money on that. So, anyway, he has this uh, quote for tonight, and it's about, freedom of choice. He says that every human has four endowments, self-awareness, conscience, independent will, and creative imagination. These give us the ultimate human freedom, the power to choose to respond 
to change. And that's from Stephen Covey. And if you've been one of the seminars, you'll recognize that. So with that said, I'm going to just, I'm just going to surprise you with something here (laughs) as we slip out the back door, Dennis Lee. Uh, I say I am. (laughs) Well, let me unscrew the bulb. I hope you can still see. Um, Uh, Peace out. I think I can. Stay safe, everybody.